we want to move ahead. We want it to be stirred. We don't want to get fall off into some kind of a complacent thing. And it doesn't matter, really. You can get complacent even if you're in a, what you might say, a powerful word teaching. You know, you can get complacent anywhere. But there's something about stirring people. Uh, it's, it's not just the stirring of the word. It's the Holy Spirit coming in behind that word. And Lord wants us stirred. Because otherwise we just become some kind of an inert bunch of whatever. <laughs> it's called religion. <laughs> we get, we get, we, but what Greg said and Harley, keeping it on the front of the burner. The back burner is complacency. The front burner is you're thinking about it all the time. And I don't know if it's my nature being motivated but it seemed like when I'm going after something, it stays right on the front there. I always think of it as a mouse trap, And honestly, it's probably something the Lord has used to bring a success in marketing and sales because, <laughs> I don't know if I should say it this way, but if I'm selling something, I'm looking for an opportunity to tell somebody about it. So when the gospel came along and I got saved, it was no big chore. I just shifted gears. Hey, Jesus set me free. It was on the front of my mind. And so when I'd run into people, it was really easy to be thinking now, can I, can I attack right now or do I have to wait a while? That's just the way it, it has been. I appreciate those testimonies because it's the action part. Talk about a couple things today, you know, in a little bit of a review, but I was going to review more, but I'll do it a little different way. I'd like to go, have you go to Genesis 1. Interesting thing here in Genesis 1. Starting in verse 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. You know, as I thought about that this morning, you know, we've got the blood moons happening. We've had all kinds of prophecy, a lot of things taking place or uh, potentially taking place. And I heard it a little bit ago from somebody. We live in a dark world. Whether we want to admit it or not, we live in a dark world. It's very dark. And, you know, being in a position like around crowds, like the lady said going into town or to work or whatever going into darkness more sensitized we are to the light the more that darkness really you can feel it and you don't like it <laughs> and you want to get back out of it and many times through the years ministering to people that are in a situation they can't make a decision this is kind of an add-on here but call me up and say, Gary, I, I just can't seem to hear from the Lord. I can't seem to make any headway right now. There's something wrong. And in a couple of cases, I've said, you know what you need to do? Get in your car and drive out of that area. I remember one gentleman lived in Rapid City. He was stranded. He, he was couldn't, there just things weren't coming like he wanted to. I said, you know what? I'm going to recommend you drive to Nebraska and I said, by the time you get out of this spiritual area here, you'll know the answer. 
he got to the Nebraska line and knew the answer. So sometimes we need to withdraw from an oppressed area so we can kind of, I kind of look at it like being up on a hill where I can kind of see what's going on. Of course, we minister that out of Ephesians 2 where we're seated together with him in heavenly places and in Colossians 3 where he's talking about seeing things from heaven above. Uh, we can, that's a practical thing. You know, sometimes just removing ourselves from that area, it's real. I mean, those things. So let's, let's go back into something here. Familiar with Mark 11, 22. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. And we know from various studies, various translations, he meant have the God kind of faith. Well, let's go back over to Genesis 1. When God was wanting to get rid of the darkness, what did he do? He said to get out of their darkness. He spoke light into the darkness. He spoke it. He said. He saw the light that it was good and he divided the light from the darkness. Verse 3, that there be light and there was light. He said it. He said it. Last Sunday, we talked about 23, which basically 23 brings in our authority, our dominion. 22 says that we should act like God. We say things. We say things. We say these to these mountains, be thou removed. Because that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to walk in these things. You know, we can talk a lot about dominion and power, but the idea now is to bring it down into our practical life. What do we do with it? You know, what do we do with all this power and dominion? Well, uh, we sort out those things that shouldn't be there, and we speak to them. I just wrote down a few here. I don't know, you, you could make up a long list. But dominion over what? Well, first, first of all, we talked about gross darkness right now. If we can see into the spirit realm and look around, it's pretty, pretty dark. <laughs> but guess what? We can call on the light. See, we don't have to be overcome by the darkness or join in with the negative about it. We can start calling in the light, can we not? Now, do we know that's God's will? Well, it wasn't Genesis. It probably still is. Wouldn't you say so? Amen. So, what do we have dominion over? Many, many things. Darkness is one of them. We don't have to put up with it. We can walk in the light. We can speak to the light. We can say, light be. We can speak that to families. We can speak to our communities. Another thing we have dominion over, people talk about circumstances. We don't have to be governed by circumstances. We have dominion. We have authority over circumstances. We don't have to allow them to be. And, and you can think of what kind of circumstances, but, you know, people say it every day. You know, I'm, I, I think under the circumstances we have to do this. No, we don't. We can call those circumstances out, figure out what they are, have God tell us, you know, what's behind those circumstances. What, how can we pray those down? How can we get them out of our lives or not let them have dominion over us? whole idea is darkness wants to have dominion over us. And if you just figure that one out, you can go home right now. That's, that's the warfare right there. Darkness wants dominion over every one of us. And you can go ahead and read all the news and listen to all the commentators, and you'll find out they're following after that very well. They're chiming right in to have darkness over all of us. All right? 
We have dominion over sickness and disease. Well, if we have sickness or disease, how do we get rid of it? We've got to say something. We've got to speak to it. We have to stand in authority like it's like it's a stray wet dog that came into your house. It's always been an example that popped up. But, you know, I don't know one housewife that will allow a stray wet dog into their kitchen. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, we know one now. <laughs> okay, a rabid, a rabid dog, a ba- bad dog, <laughs> bad dog. No, what would we do? What would that housewife do? That same one that's kind of shy in the prayer closet and, you know, kind of shy around everybody else when it comes to the, you know, Jesus saying, Jesus, what, what would that same woman do to that dog? Probably hear all kind of names coming after that dog. Might even test her Christianity with her lingo, right? But you need to think about it. Those kind of examples are what would invade our lives every day if we allow them to. And people have allowed them to. Even people that know the word, but we get a little bit lax about it. And that lax is what, hey, no, we need to stand up and... A lot of cowboys here think about a horse. You know, get on a horse. He was real good yesterday. Today's not so good. Are you going to let him be not so good? Or are you going to shape him up and bring him into, bring him where he was yesterday? That's the way we are with the Word of God. We really are. Uh, the Bible in Hebrews 2.14 says that we have, through Jesus, we have power over death. It says, through death, Jesus said that he might destroy him who had power over death. Well, if he had power over death, the devil still does unless we take that power away from him. Many times, if you get out and about and start praying for people that are sick, uh, I will just tell you, particular cancer people, having had an opportunity many times to minister to those people, the first thing I want to know before even if they're in a house or their hospital or where they're at, first thing I want to know is, is the spirit of death on them. See, God will tell you stuff like that. Well, if, if they have cancer, I want to know that because I can go in and pray like crazy, but if they've swallowed that, that spirit of death on them and they like it, hey, you might as well go home. But if you take authority of that, they don't even have to know about it. You take authority over that, uh, it's life. <laughs> we come against that spirit of death. Now, I, I will say this, if people have will to go home, now you can't change their will, I, I will say that. But sometimes that power is so powerful on them and they're so convinced. And a lot of that's because people are around them and tell them, well, you know, starting with the doctor, yeah, it looks like you've got this and it looks like you're going to die. You know, it's just kind of the way it is. I like to be up front. I'm a good doctor. Well, that may not be God's opinion, but people tend to swallow that. So anyway, move on from there. But we do have power and dominion over death if we'll take it. Now, again, if they have will to go home, fine, that, that's fine. But, but we can know that before we ever get involved in these things. The Lord will tell us. We have a lot of authority over fear. And I'll tell you something, a fruit of darkness is fear. My, my right now, what's, what's rampant? I heard that from over here. Fear. People are governed by fear. I mean, they make decisions based on fear. 
daughter over here told me about a friend of theirs that walks in so much fear that she schedules her horse's appointments week in advance, just thinking they might be sick. Well, this is real stuff. I mean, it sounds goofy, doesn't it? But it's real stuff. I mean, we find out fear operating in sickness and disease a lot. And you'll, I, I don't want to, but you know, many times people, and I've seen people in my own family, not my children and grandchildren, not in my immediate family, but uh, extended family who, if they get one sniffle, man, it's, it's fear sets in. It's almost like they're fear of a cold, like you're going to die or something. But it's fear. And if you notice, we all know this scripture in Timothy, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. But if you really think, yo, people mouth that thing. And I've talked about it before. But you notice it's the spirit. It's a spirit of fear. It's just not like, oh, I'm afraid, you know, I'm this or that. It's a spirit. So do we have authority over spirits? Yes, no, maybe. Like the guy said, you all here, did you go home? <laughs> so it's a spirit, and we need to think about that. It's a spirit of fear. It's running rampant in our nation right now. Rampant. People are just fearful about just about anything you can imagine. They're afraid of religions. They're afraid of immigrants. They're afraid of cancer. They're afraid of this. They're afraid of that. It's all a spirit of fear. In the same way that God said, let there be light, we can come against that in ourselves and in other people. You know, it's amazing. You look somebody in the eye and you have their attention and you can say, spirit of fear, come out come out right now in Jesus' name. You can do that. They, they all, if they don't slap you or run, you made it, right? <laughs> I mean, what's the risk? A lot of times their heart's open for help, and we're the helpers. I think we need to look at ourselves more that way. We're not the intruders. We're the helpers with the good news. And there's many, many other things, but, you know, division and strife, bitterness. What does it say the rest of Mark there? Mark 11, you know, we don't touch on this a lot. Sometimes we pass this over. And in verse 25, what does he say? And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them that your Father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Okay, it's, it's got to do with division and strife. Unforgiveness is the, 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 the root of bitterness comes out of unforgiveness. Sandy and I at one time... We call it the first church without a lot of detail, but there was a young lady that was very faithful, but she had slowly over the weeks, I, we just saw her going downhill. She was a good kid, faithful, but it was like her countenance, she'd come in and it was like, she was like borderline to disappear. I mean, she was good kid, but we figured out she, she needed deliverance. Well, when it came that time to do that, we got ourselves educated back in that day of the right things to do. But I remember that moment 
I'd been up at five in the morning asking God to give me the keys of the kingdom. And then all, I, haven't, I haven't talked about that this morning, Matthew 16, 19. But I was petitioning the Lord to give me the keys to this lady's deliverance. And that's my request. Lord, you've got to give me the keys to this lady's deliverance. We're not just going to go flail away in there and in front of the church and play games, spiritual games. We want to be on solid footing. Don't you all want to be on solid footing? Don't you all want to know exactly what you're doing? When it came right down to that point, I had taught the church. I said, this is what we're going to do. And I said, there's a person here that's very depressed, wants to be delivered, invited her up, begin to pray, begin to go after things. And I back off and I said, Lord, by the Holy Spirit, what is the key? Because he knows. He's got the keys that unlock the doors. And just like that, it was, it was unforgiveness and bitterness. Just like that, that word came. Well, that sounds pretty simple, doesn't it? I spoke it out in Jesus' name. And that demon spirit, Sandy saw him. I sensed him. Because he was laughing at us. I don't want to blow anybody away, but this is the way it is. I could sense him laughing at him. I just see those teeth just, just laughing at us when earlier. As soon as I spoke that word that the Holy Spirit gave me, guess what? I just saw him begin to sober up. Just, just that, like he'd been found out. And Sandy and I are a team and that kind of stuff. And I said, all right. And then she admitted it had something to do. Oh, that's crazy, but it's simple. It had something to do with her mother way back when. And she could never get she could never forget it. Spoke that out, pulled him out of there, and today she's living happily ever after. She's got a beautiful family and uh, you know, found a husband and got kids and doing great. So, you know, that forgiveness is really a major, major deal. And if any one thing that Sandy and I really, if we've striven for anything other than knowing everything God has for us, it's always digging down in. Is there anything in my heart against anybody? And and right now we're dealing with an individual that's he's financially upside down as crazy, and he finally admitted to me on the phone the other day that he had had a round with his brother a few years ago, and they hadn't spoken since. And I wanted to say, and I kind of did, I said, well, now I can understand your financial situation. I said, y you're blocking God. You're blocking, where, and he's hungry too. So, you know, it's, it's a fruitful thing because he's listening and he wants to be free. But that root of bitterness destroys families. It destroys churches. It destroys, well, right now in our nation, we've got, it's, it's, it's worse than that. I mean, it's got to do with division and strife, but we have a very divisive uh, uh, government and administration, and, and their whole, seem like their whole focus is to divide the people. So guess what? We have some authority over that too, amen? Yeah, we do. It's part of our dominion. This is our nation, is it not? Last I knew, I'm a citizen. I was born here, <laughs> right? Harlan's not so sure. <laughs> now we need to have a little fun too, but you know what? I mentioned this last Sunday, a couple aspects of faith. Basically, it's what we say, 
And it's our actions. What do we do? You know, in James 2.26, you might like to turn there so you know it's there. In James 2.26, he said, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. And we know that that word works means corresponding actions. In other words, acting out your faith. If you're happy and you know it, do what? Clap your hands. hands. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. It's an action. We need to act out our faith. We need to say to these mountains, we need to act like it. Sometimes that's hard. Sometimes it's hard to act like we've just been set free. But guess what? There's something about it that brings back out results. You know, you've heard, you've heard people in healing lines do something you couldn't do before. Well, I've seen that happen. So have you probably if you've been around some. If people would, for a, a second, you know, in the, in the healing situation, it's, it's a little different because uh, there's an anointing, assuming there's an anointing, which there should be. The power of God is there. And there's something about being in that presence of the Holy Spirit that darkness gets nullified. Why? Because you brought, you brought some light in there. You brought some light into, into this situation. Why? Because there's a, a radiant anointing that's, that's there. And when the Holy Spirit comes on you for the, like a healing or deliverance anointing or in a more powerful way, guess what? In that moment of time, people are ready. I mean, they don't know it. But they're open to things they weren't open to when they walked in the church door or the, the street or wherever, it's at, wherever it is. And I don't know if that fits in with that scripture or not. But at the same time, that's where the boldness kicks in. You know yourself, when uh, you, you've been in the ministry a long time. And you know yourself, if there's some negative people around, the closer you get to them when you're teaching, guess what happens? Holy Ghost breaks them down seen that so many times and you know it, it's it it's like a step of faith but it's just like you get to realizing the closer you get to people holy ghost is doing his job they have a choice then they can either run and hide or they can just relax you know i tell a story about a guy one time came in came in and sat down i thought he was going to whip me i mean he's just one of those guys and he sat down there about as far from there and he was mad people brought him in there he's mad he he just scoffed at their song service and just, <laughs> you know, that kind of a deal. And I thought, man, you need some ushers handy. This guy, what's he going to do? But I did that. I just kept, all the time I'm teaching that day, I just kind of stand as close as I could. And you know, the guy got saved in that service. Holy Spirit broke him down. If that's the way you say it. Praise the Lord. I like to, to say it like this. A marketing term <laughs> in the action part, act like it's impossible to fail. It's that expectancy, it's like it's like you start getting momentum, you act these things out, but you speak these things out and, and you just start getting that down in here. Act like it's impossible to fail. Because guess what? If you act that way pretty quick, you're gonna believe it too, right? <laughs> Is that a way to look at it? I always think about the kid on the playground that was always bragging what he was going to be when he was growing up. And 
And, uh, you know, you'd made fun of him because, yeah, he's a big braggart. He's always saying stuff he's going to be. And the next thing you know, 20 years later, he's there. <laughs> he's there, that braggart. He kept speaking it over himself. And, and uh, he, he told himself so much, he started to believe it. I've thought about that a lot, teaching faith. Those, those kids that didn't know a thing, but they kept bragging about how they were, and next thing you know, they believed it, and next thing you know, they were there, and whether we liked it or not. <laughs> some, of them, some of them passed me by really fast. <laughs> so praise God. So anyway, along, along with that action, it's got to do with our empowerment. We've talked about quite a bit, but I can do all things through Christ, the Anointed One who strengthens me. I'm empowered by that. I'm, I'm empowered by it. When I know I'm empowered, uh, guess what? Gets back to Mark 11. Kind of where we started last week. How do I know I have authority over mountains? Well, I know it because I'm empowered. I've created a little lower than God. I've been, I have the inheritance of, of Jesus Christ, the body uh, that I'm a part of now. I've inherited all that anointing. He's given me power and authority over demons and diseases and overall authority of the enemy. And so when there's a mountain in my life, what am I going to do about it? Well, I'm going to speak to it or let it be. We have that choice. We can, we can leave it there or we can do something about it. Praise the Lord. When we have digested this a little bit, and the last part I want to talk about with that is, then we go to, Say John 14. And if you, if you gathered up all the rest of that, then we look at John 14, 13, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be, may be glorified in the Son. Again, a lot of study has revealed by he, Greek scholars that that word ask means demand. Now, other people will say, well, you, you're demanding God. Well, in some ways, it's a demand upon all your rights and privileges in the body of Christ. It's a demand upon everything that he's promised to you. Beloved, I wish above all things you'd prosper and be in health, as you, even as your soul prosper. It's a demand on the covenant. And you can look it up. It's a stronger word than ask. But that's where... As we discussed with the illustration of God sitting right here in this chair, the very epicenter of the universe, the creator, and we're seated together, uh, Jesus is seated at his right hand. I know it's repetition, but Jesus is seated there at his right hand with full power and authority. And then Ephesians said we're seated there together with him. Maybe repetitions, but it's something I want to, want to get into people's hearts. We're seated together with him with full power and authority over everything that he had power and authority over. So when we look at this, and he invites us to make some demands, he's telling us the truth. He wants us to demand those rights and privileges that are part of our inheritance. It's, it's the same word in, in John 16, 23. And if we think about this, in that day you will ask me nothing. 
Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll give it to you. Whatever demands you put upon the covenant, look at it this way. He'll give it to you. Religion won't allow this kind of teaching. But the word of God does allow for this kind of teaching. He wants us to know who we are. He wants us to know that when we speak to things that are, that are inhibiting our lives in any way, he wants us to speak to those and move them out of our life. Apply it to your marriage, your family, your, your children, your community, your county, your city, your state, our nation. Applies to all of those things. This is just as much my America as it any other person. Did you ever think of it that way? This isn't America that just belongs to some politician somewhere. This is my nation. And you could say that. Say that. This is my nation. This is my nation. It's my nation. Right? It's my body of Christ. <laughs> I'm part of it. <laughs> my part is my part. Amen? Gives us a different attitude. We don't have to go with the whatever, the circumstances, whatever. Whatever they're doing in Washington, D.C. or whatever the news said last night. That, it, it's immaterial. It's my nation. It's my family. It's my kitchen. When that dog came in. In closing, you know, there's a, in, in 1 John 5.15 it says, this, this is the confidence that I have. If I ask anything according to his will, he hears me. And if he hears me, uh, surely he'll grant me my request. But think about that word confidence of what's yours. Now, I just tell you what, if I walked into some kind of a public place or maybe even right here, maybe that wedding yesterday with a lot of people around and I grabbed some lady's purse, started to take off with it. And when they caught me, if I said, no, this is my purse, what would that woman say? She'd say, this is my purse. Because it doesn't match your own. This is my purse. No, this is mine. Right? Why does she say that? Because she knows it's hers. She knows that's her purse. One of you ladies here, you know I'm telling you the truth. Somebody try to take your purse, you're not going to lay down for it. I know my wife wouldn't. They'd be in for the battle of the ages if they took her purse. They'd learn a little bit about authority and dominion, right? I thought about another thing. You know, I spent a few years in sales. I've knocked on a few doors. And I've learned something about dogs. And my favorite example is a really well-bred German shepherd. You know, you see a really well-bred German shepherd. If, if, if I were that shepherd and you were walking in here and that's my house, and I know that's my house because that's how those guys are, he'd just sit right here, calm, collected, until you try to walk by him. And he'd probably give you one warning, and that's it. But you take a yapping dog, they'll bark and jump around, they'll yap, they do whatever, Hey, you can walk right by them a lot of times. Where's, what's my point? What's my point? That's the kind of confidence we're to have in this Word of God. It's mine. It's mine. It's in me. 
What he's given me is mine and you can't take it away from me. You can shout at me. You can tell me negative things. You can laugh at, laugh at me, call me religious. But guess what? That's my purse. That's my house. And when you think about that, you think about this German shepherd. You've seen them. They're quiet, nice dogs. Just don't mess with what's theirs. And that's where I'm at with the gospel. I want you there with the gospel. It's yours. Why is it yours? God says, do what I do. There's darkness. Speak to that darkness and bring the light in. Don't worry about the darkness. Just bring in the light. That's what we have to do right now. Tonight's blood moon. Well, this is going on a recording, whatever. It'll be a day late. But guess what? There's a lot of darkness surrounding us. But we get to speak light into all this. We get to look for the light in this darkness. We don't have to look for more darkness. It's out there. You know, we could preach about darkness. Well, it's about all I want to do. It's out there. Sure, we're aware of it. Let's speak light. Let's bring light into people's lives. You know, the yes, but technique. You ever learn that in sales? Yes, but. Yes, but. Yes, you're right, but. Yes, but. But Jesus is Lord. He's brought healing. He's got a covenant of healing and salvation. Right? Sin and healing. All, all of the same part of the covenant. So, Father, we thank you, Lord, for the word of God today. I pray this will go richly into people's lives. Even this day, Father, you'll ignite new things into each person here, Father. Give them new hope. New hope, new hope, Father, new hope, new hope, Father, and a new vision. Every day, a new vision. Where are we headed today, Father? What do you have us to do today, Father? What should we do today? And we, we say this in a, a demanding way, Father. Come on, give it to us. We need it today. We need it now, Father. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God.